0: Uh, One is that we're reconciled to God, which means that we are made right with Him through salvation. The other is that we are restored uh, as we live as believers. And then also there's an aspect of being reconciled that we have a new name, we are renamed. So the word reconciliation itself, the biblical meaning, is to be restored in a right relationship with God through the sacrifice of Jesus. Also, if you're familiar with accounting, you might understand to reconcile the books means that you take all of the expenses, all of the income that is coming in, and you make it balanced, right? So, in a sense, uh, to be reconciled with God means that we are made right. Our debt of sin has been paid for by the blood of Jesus, and now we are in a right relationship with God. But the next word that you see there, restored, also points to the fact that though we were saved, we are still living in a dark surrounding. And we are still living with the influence of Satan uh, through unbelievers and through uh, wrong thoughts that tend to distance us from being in that right relationship with God. So first, we're reconciled to God. Uh, We remember the scripture clearly says, uh, Paul writes in Ephesians, and we're not going to turn there because uh, it's a familiar passage, that though we were dead in sins and trespasses, we have been made alive together with Jesus because of his sacrifice. So, uh, first of all, I want to say, if anyone has not surrendered their life completely to Jesus, right, this is a wonderful time to do it. We're remembering today his death on the cross his uh, paying the price for our sins in full, and his resurrection. Um, And for us as believers, uh, this process of salvation, being made right, it's a huge source of thanksgiving, right? This week we're entering into the week of thanksgiving. And one of the greatest things that should give us thanks is his salvation to us. It's a gift that we cannot earn. We could not deserve and yet he gives it to us uh, so that we would be made right with him and I'm so thankful you know I came to know Jesus as a young adult I didn't grow up in a believing family and when you see the transformation that he makes in your own life it's a continual source of Thanksgiving so may we have thankful hearts as we remember that God reconciled to us the second aspect is being restored so, as believers, whether we want to or not, we are influenced by the dark things around us, and some of us uh, choose to follow temptation and to sin. When we do that, uh, whether we recognize it or not, we're grieving God's Spirit inside of our heart. And it's as if we're taking a step back from our relationship with God instead of being in close relationship with Him and the scripture tells us that we need to be restored. Also, um, even as believers, we can offend one another, can't we? Especially if you're living in a believing family, uh, things happen, someone has a different opinion, they express themselves the wrong way, and people get offended. So I do want us to read uh, this passage from 1 John chapter 1, uh, from verse five to chapter two, verse two. Uh, If you're following along um, in your Bible or in your device there, let's read. I'll read it out loud. First John chapter one, verse five. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. So here we see, right? even as believers having fellowship, it's still possible to be influenced by darkness, right? Uh, We are not living in a perfected body, and sometimes our temptations and our desires turn us away from the light into darkness. And so we need to recognize, it says, if we say that we have fellowship with him, speaking of as believers, but we walk in darkness, that's a characteristic of how we're living life then we're living a lie and not practicing the truth this is why if a person for a time lives in their own strength and turns away from the Lord they need to be restored and we're going to see that you're restored not only with God the Father but also restored with one another verse 7 Here's the contrast. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So the answer to our sin problem is always the blood of Jesus. It's not working harder, not trying harder, not acting more sorry or apologetic. It's coming back to the blood of Jesus. And maybe some of you today as we prepare to remember the broken body and the blood of Jesus, maybe some of you today need to confess sin and ask him to cleanse you afresh. And notice, it's very interesting in verse seven, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, Jesus is the light, he's the light of the world and he wants to shine his light through us. Now notice the result, we have fellowship with one another. And this also is important because if we sin, and especially if we sin against our brother or sister, we also need to be restored with them. And maybe some of you, you're quick to have opinions and to hold on to those opinions. And those opinions can bring division between you and others. And so this is also the time today to be restored, take steps to bring restoration in any relationships that might have stress or might be fractured Because as we walk in his light, we have fellowship with one another. And as a body of believers, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from how many sins? All sins. Isn't that wonderful? You don't need to hang on to anything, right? If you came in here with some sort of burden today, you can release it. And his blood cleanses us from all sin. Verse 8 and 9. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay. We don't have to worry. He is faithful to do it. If you take the step to confess and you want to be restored, he is faithful and he's just to do it. He's paid for all of our sins and he's going to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10 is a warning. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Uh, The scripture tells us to hide his word in our heart. And it says, how can a young man protect his way or cleanse his way by keeping his word in his heart? Right. And one thing that we need to remember is that though Jesus sees us in a perfected state, we're still living in these broken bodies. And we need to recognize That we do sin uh, if we say that we don't. The scripture here tells us we make him a liar because he knows our hearts. But then the encouragement, chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The scripture tells us Jesus always lives to make intercession for us. Isn't that great? Uh, I don't know why, but sometimes we don't watch scary movies or anything, but sometimes I still have dreams where something terrible is happening, right? Even just reading the news about maybe an earthquake somewhere or some sort of uh, hurricane or some sort of flood. And then in your mind, you are living out some tragedy and you wake up and you just feel like, oh, I'm kind of overwhelmed by this sense of my own weakness, overwhelmed by this chaos. But Jesus always lives to make intercession for us. And I remember uh, Marta a few times, she was sleeping and she started having this deep moan like someone was chasing her. And she was, you know, I'm not going to make the noise, but it was loud enough that it woke me up. And I just started praying in Jesus' name for her. And then when she woke up, she said, I felt like this man was coming after me, right, wanting to uh, overcome me. And we need to remember Jesus always lives to make intercession. He's the advocate. Whenever we feel any type of struggle, any type of darkness coming into our life or the life of our family, call the name of Jesus. He's our advocate. He's standing on our behalf. He is the righteous one. And verse 2 he himself is the propitiation, which means the atoning sacrifice, right? We don't use that word very much, but it means the sacrifice that has brought God's anger towards our sin to complete peace. He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And notice this, not for ours only, but also for the whole world. And this kind of brings us to the third aspect of reconciliation, we are not only reconciled by being made alive and being saved. We're not only reconciled when we're restored, when we have taken a step away from close fellowship with the Lord, but we also are renamed through this process of reconciliation. This is the passage that Bill read. And if you want to turn there, you can to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll read a few of the verses. And it's interesting because... Through this process of reconciliation, we also can see that we have a new name, a new title. So we're going to pick up from 2 Corinthians 5, from verse 17 to the end of the chapter. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. I like new things, right? And especially a new heart, you know, I was in the mountains north of Los Angeles when I repented. I was on my own. I was overwhelmed by the beauty of nature. And as I felt newness of life, I had tears of joy probably for the first time in my life. So wonderful that we're new creations. The old things have passed away. Can anyone say hallelujah? (laughs) Yeah, let's not live in those old things. they passed away. Behold all things, Have become new now all things are of God listen to this part here verse 18 who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus that's the first part that we've talked about now here's the next part and has given us the ministry of reconciliation so he's given us a ministry and now we're going to see in the next verses he's given us a new title a new name verse 19 that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or not holding them accountable for their trespasses, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Here we are told, we are ambassadors, right? Martin and I have lived in other countries, and we've seen the embassy uh, of the United States. And every once in a while, uh, you might see a person representing uh, the United States in another country. That's like the role of an ambassador. Well, the Lord is in heaven, and we are representing Him here on earth he renames us to make us messengers of reconciliation. Meaning, he wants us to be his ambassadors, to reflect who he is, that we then would go with the message of the gospel and to see other people reconciled as well. And what is the message of the gospel? It tells us in a short way in verse 21 that the Father allowed Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus took our sin that we can be completely restored, completely made right. So as those with new life, a new calling, we need to remember He wants to express Himself through us. He wants us to be messengers of reconciliation. And this should stir us up to have a thankful heart and also to share the gospel more frequently. Uh, whenever we travel to a new place, I always see people differently, and I always take more time to speak with those people. But the danger is, if you've been living here for a while, you get caught in your own schedule, you know how to do things, and you stop looking at people around you as those that need the message of the gospel. So remember, you're called To be an ambassador. To represent who Jesus is to others. Now as we finish, we're just briefly going to review a few of the main things that we've talked about today. Next one. There we go. Jesus is the only way to be forgiven and reconciled. Right? There's nothing that we can do to add to his work. And as we enter into this work of thanksgiving... Let's be thankful to him. This is our message, and it's our motivation to be grateful. Are you a grateful person? Are you a happy person? Happy not because of circumstances, but joyful because of the Lord. If you're struggling with that, go back to Jesus. Remember that he is the only way that we receive forgiveness. And then... We also remember that it's the blood of Jesus and confessing our sin, that's the only way that we can be restored. Uh, in between the service today and the time when we go downstairs, ask the Lord to show you Are you in conflict with anybody in this facility? Are you struggling with someone? Take a moment to be restored. Say, Hey, you know, what you said to me hurt me, or what you did. You know, it challenged me. Uh, just take a minute to be restored. Be restored to the Father, but also to one another. Uh, don't become calloused. You know what being calloused is, right? Is where your fingers get hard and they don't get sensitive. You can't feel as well. Well, we can allow our heart to get calloused. And we say, oh, that's an old problem. It's never going to get solved. Well, maybe Jesus wants you to solve it. And it's by humbling yourself. Uh, Allow God to search your heart and to test your mind, to show you if there's anything wrong. And then if there's something wrong in a relationship with a brother or sister, make it right. This is the time to do that. And the last thing that we saw is that we're to be ambassadors for God, and we must serve in unity. One thing that we are so thankful for in coming here is that many people are serving and people have a heart to serve in unity. Uh, God has given us this message, and he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. We're to take it to all people. We're to be his ambassadors. Are you praying that this church would grow? Yeah. Well, you're one of the solutions to your own prayers. Do you realize that? Just by reflecting who Jesus is to others. Uh, people will see the change in your heart and in your life. And that message of the gospel will reach them, and they'll start coming here. Be careful about having the attitude that this is my ministry. This is my realm. Uh, We're not here to compete. We are here to complement. Can you remember that today? We're not here to compete. We're here to complement. We're his ambassadors, And Jesus rebuked his disciples when they were talking about which one was going to be greater. He said the greatest one is the one that serves. And he's given us that message. And then a few uh, encouraging verses as we finish today. This new heart. I love this verse. Uh, It says in the passage that God is able to sprinkle clean water upon them. And it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take out the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Are you living in the newness of life? Are you experiencing the abundance of God's spirit? Do you have joy? Right? Ask him, take away the stony heart and give me a heart of flesh. Put your spirit within me. If you have taken a step back, we can remember that we need to be renewed in the Spirit. You with me, Susan? Next, there we go. So here's a wonderful verse that we read today, that as we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. There's nothing too small and nothing too great that we cannot confess to Him. And then it says, The path to receive this, is through confession. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As we walk in this world, we become dirty. And that's one of the reasons that we're practicing the foot washing today, right? Through faith, we have salvation and we're cleansed. But as we walk in the world, uh, we become dirty and we need to confess. And so, We might remember the words that James says, that if we confess our sins, right, we will also be healed. And then the next aspect is restored relationships. I love this verse. This is from uh, the words of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother or sister without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. This is serious. It's a command. It's not a suggestion, right? And if you can come in the door Sunday after Sunday and have a problem with your brother, there's something that you've been restricting and it's the work of God's spirit in your heart. You need to be restored. Jesus says it's so important, before you bring a sacrifice to the altar, leave it there and go and be made right with that other person. So again, I'm gonna exhort you, challenge you. If you've heard that someone said something against you or maybe someone said something specifically to you and it hurt you, Hey, just take a minute and say, you know what? That hurt me, but I want to say I'm willing to forgive you. Can we be restored? And try to do that uh, in the process of our meeting today. So we've seen we need to be reconciled to God and to one another. And you know what? That is one of the keys to living in joy and in peace, walking in peace with God and with one another. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you. We trust you. We ask that you would do the work in our hearts that sometimes we can't even do ourselves. Search our heart and try our mind and show us if there's any wicked way within us and lead us into the way everlasting. We want to commit this upcoming aspect of our service to you, that you would be glorified and that you would use this time to draw us closer to yourself. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.